Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Welcome back. Overtime 106.7 The Fan. Toby Altizer with you up until 10 o'clock. Feel free to hop in at any point. 800-636-1067 on the MGM National Harbor listener lines. You can tweet me at Toby underscore Altizer. Eric Edholm from NFL.com is going to join us coming up in about a half an hour. I want to talk with him about some of his thoughts on Sam Howell as well as some stuff just going on around the NFL but until then, I want to continue to react to the audio from Jason Wright earlier today on B. Mitch and Finley. Again, feel free if you want to hop in, 800-636-1067. So he talked about the fact that week one is going to be a real sellout. How exciting is it? They're selling standing room only tickets now for the week one game against the Cardinals, which is crazy to me that... It has to be against the Cardinals. <laughs> it couldn't be against the Bills, which would be their next home game, which would be a fun matchup to go to. But I don't know if there's ever been an NFL game that you go to where it's less about the actual product on the field and just being a part of the environment than what it's going to be week one for this football team. Because I do want to talk about that before we get to Eric Edholm coming up in about 20 minutes and is how important week one is in terms of the matchup for the team to win that matchup. But the environment at FedEx Field is going to be crazy week one. It's going to be an awesome feel. It's going to be an awesome atmosphere. I don't know if I'll go down to the game or not, but even just I'm sure hearing it on TV, you're going to be able to notice it. And I don't know if they cut this clip, Donald, if you can find it. He talks about who's going to be there. He's like, I play for the Cardinals. It's all us. I don't know if they, they cut that clip or not, so if you can find that. But the fact that there's going to be so many people there, fans of this football team, to cheer them on week one. You know, how many people that are a part of this organization, whether it's the front office, whether it's the coaches, whether it's the players, even know what this team was during its glory days? You know, I'm not super old, but I don't remember the glory days of this team because I wasn't alive for it. And the reality is, since 91, they haven't been, they haven't won a Super Bowl. They haven't been to that spot. So the glory days of this franchise haven't been around for a majority of the players, probably some of the coaches' lives. So they probably don't even realize what it's going to be like week one. Here's that audio from Jason Wright talking about all the Burgundy of Gold fans going to pack the place. Yes, legitimate is different. Yes, we have sold out since I've been here, but last year when we did standing room only, it was an Eagles game, and we know that that was mostly Eagles fans. Um, okay. I, play, I played for the Cardinals. They don't really have fans that travel. <laughs> <And> <laughs> so this, this, is, this, is, this is actually us. 
as a fan base. So um, it probably dates back to 2012 or 2013 that there okay. was um, – uh, best I can see in the records. Let's just say the records weren't that great before we got here. Um, but best I can see in the records, it's probably 2012, 2013, 2014 that we had a legit um, sellout. And that's what I'm saying. Like, it's been so long since this team has had something of this sort of magnitude happen. Yeah, the fact that he said 2012, obviously that's, you know, RG3 years and stuff. I was like, I was like B. Mitch in that clip. I was like, damn, like, <laughs> that was like the funniest part to me. It was like, man, it's really, and you know, and when he said that and it really put it in perspective, I was like, wow, like, it really has been 10 plus years since we've really had that excitement. And that's a credit to the fan base because they weren't talking in terms of them selling out this week one game because... So many people talked about, oh, I'll be back when Dan sells. And I'm sure Josh Harris has seen these things. He grew up a fan of this team, so I'm sure he still followed them. Maybe he turned, I don't think he turned into an Eagles fan. He better never admit it if he did. But he probably looked at it and said, I'm going to bank on the fact that these people are going to come back. I'm going to trust their word. And they're starting to show it. Packing out FedEx for a game against the Arizona Cardinals week one. The Arizona Cardinals don't have a starting quarterback right now. That's how bad they're going to be. And we'll get into this next segment because I think that you could argue the most important game of the season is that week one game just because of the tone it could set if they win or if they lose. But they don't have a quarterback. And they're going to roll in here to a sold-out crowd with standing room only because so many people are flooding back to this football team and it has nothing to do with the on-field product. That's the craziest thing. When was the last time you were at FedEx Field, Donald? Did you go to a game last year? I did not make it to a game last year. Um, I Actually, I don't think I've been to a game since pre-pandemic, actually. What year was it? 2019 Probably like 2018, 19. All right, so I haven't been since 2016, I believe it was. I went to that Sunday night game where Kirk lit up the Packers 42 to 24 and then Rogers said they were going to run the table. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. It's been, it's been a minute for me, but I mean, even obviously, you know, being on our airwaves and hearing from the listeners and things who were going to the games last season and just, you know, the environment is just down. They talk about how terrible the parking is, how expensive everything is, how FedEx, I mean, we saw the, where the fans were reaching for Jalen hurts and the rail broke off, you know, and it's just, you just hear all the the horror stories, for lack of better words. So to have that excitement again of people wanting to go out to FedEx and I'm sure there's going to be tailgating. And they said it in the clip with uh, – or not in the clip rather, but an interview with Jason Wright that, you know, obviously Magic Johnson's going to be there. He's just – That's a, wild. I mean, obviously now with him, I almost kind of forget sometimes he's a co-owner, but obviously he's just a public figure and a public face. So seeing him on the field – hopefully rocking some burgundy and gold will be crazy. So I can see why the the excitement is there for sure. And I haven't gotten a chance to talk about this, but the other thing I, I mentioned in updates last week, the fact that the Nationals and the Commanders are working together. Can you remember those two teams ever working together? I don't think they ever have. Not that I can recall. Yeah, really in general, like all the D.C. Fran Wizards, and I, I don't think they even touch the football team they were touching no. the football team prior to none this. of them ever bothered with it because there was so much other stuff and 
Leonsis didn't want to deal with Snyder. Obviously, the learners didn't want to deal with Snyder. And, you know, we've seen some, you know, fraternities between the teams. Obviously, the Capitals and the Nationals during their respective runs. That was really cool. Obviously, the Capitals and the Wizards owned by the same guy and play at the same arena, those sort of things. But it's so cool to see this crossover among sports. You know, I I was in Wisconsin for a long time, and at every Bucks game, you'd see, you know, a big Bucks game. David Bakhtiari, left tackle for the Packers, sitting down there courtside, and they'd show him up on the screen, and he'd chug a beer. Nothing more Wisconsin than that. But, I mean, it's just cool seeing the sports kind of cross over and I've never seen those two teams. The, the fact that, you know, the Nationals have a game that night, they're out of training camp, checking out practice. And then at the third preseason game, they got G-Wiz out there with Major Tutty and the racing presidents playing football and doing all types of craziness. They're going to have Nationals players out at the Thursday night football game. And, uh, you know, I'm sure Davey Martinez and a couple of the players, maybe Mike Rizzo and some of those guys, are all going to be out there for the Thursday night game. And then they're going to have Josh Harris throw out the first pitch in a couple of weeks here at Nationals Park and have various players and alumni there for that night. I don't ever remember those two teams working together. And so when he talks about some of these partnerships, he mentioned Anheuser-Busch, and he's obviously talking about you know deals that bring in money. But just seeing the camaraderie again among these teams, or not even again, for the first time, between these two teams is so cool. Yeah, it's really awesome. Only thing I wanted to say was da- Daniel Schneiders would never th- throw the pitch out at no. the at the Nats game. I just wanted to say that. Well, and no one they wouldn't welcome him there. You know, I mean, you've heard the story of him basically pouring milk underneath the learner's stuff in the suites so that it would rot and it would smell bad when they come to games. Like that stuff's not happening anymore. And I know we harp on that a lot, but it's just crazy to think that all of this is going to change and the pit that we were in for so long as fans of this football team, it's gone now. We're out. We're safe. Josh Harris is owning this team now, and he's in charge, and he understands how to run a respectable franchise. Last thing on this before we get into some of the Cardinals talk and then getting into some football conversation with Eric Edholm coming up in about 15 minutes Putting thirty to forty million dollars into FedEx Field shows how much they care because that place is a dump. Like, let's just be honest. And the fact that they're like, we need to build a new stadium, but also we need to make sure that the stadium that fans are going to have to come to for the next couple of years until we can build a new one, let's improve that thing. Shows how much they care because they could very well just say, let's scoot by on the bare minimum here. Make we're not going to spend on a new video board because we're going to leave this stadium in a couple of years. We're not going to spend on improving various stadium experiences because, let's be honest, we're leaving here in a couple of years. Let's make sure that the railings are safe. Let's make sure that we can get in and out and all those things. But outside of the bare minimum things we're not going to spend, they're not doing that. They're saying, let's improve this because we care about the fan experience, even if we're only going to be here for the next X amount of years. Even though we're trying to leave, we care about you, the fan. Yeah, and I loved hearing like the callers calling in during the um... – preseason game with the Ravens, you know, just talking about even the subtle improvements they've made already with the the sound system and the video board, like you said. So to your point, it's awesome that they're they're continuing to pour into the current location, even though that probably down the road will not be the spot. But just hearing the fan experience over the last week or so has been cool. 
Yeah, and I'm definitely going to get out to a game this year. I'm excited. I might try to get to that Week 3 game. I want to see Josh Allen and the Bills. Hopefully, hopefully Sam Howell turns into that guy and they can compete with him. But it'd still be pretty cool to see Josh Allen. But Week 1, the Cardinals roll into town. I think it's the most important game of the year for a lot of reasons. I'll tell you why next here on The Fan. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back. 106.7 The Fan Overtime here. Toby Altizer with you up until 10 o'clock this evening. Talking about the Commanders' Week 1 game against the Cardinals. Eric Edholm is going to join us coming up at 8.30, so keep it tuned right here. For that conversation, he joins us from NFL.com. But I want to talk about the Week 1 game against the Cardinals because, to me, it feels like it's going to be the most important game of the season. And it has a lot to do with the energy that this team has around it right now. As we would say as younger people, it's got good vibes, right? I think when you talk about the team or you look at stuff on social media, obviously there's going to be complaining about things here and there, but it's mostly turned to football stuff. And for the most part, people are happy with the team. You want to know how you can just throw all of that away real easily? Lose week one to the Cardinals, who, like I said earlier, don't even have a starting quarterback. They're going to roll in here week one and either start Josh Dobbs, who they just traded for this past week, or they're going to start Clayton Toon, ironically a fifth-round rookie. They should not have any business being in this football game. 
Now, I'm not going to be the kind of guy that comes out here and says if they don't win by three touchdowns, then you should panic because fluky things can happen in the NFL. We see it all the time. This team probably shouldn't have beat the Eagles last year. They went in there and did that. Like We've seen bad football teams be competitive with good football teams before. So I'm not going to be the kind of guy that says if they don't win by 20 points, you should freak out. But they should win this football game. And they probably should win it pretty handily, or at least they should dominate the game. And if they don't, you're going to have so much frustration and you're going to just let all the air out of the balloon. Because so many good things have happened over the last month or so since Harris bought the team. So many good things. The goodwill towards this franchise has just, it's just completely changed. People love this team again. There's an excitement around this city like I haven't seen since probably 2012 when RG3 was here and he was a rookie. I haven't seen this sort of excitement around a team and it really doesn't have tons and tons to do, like I said, with the on-field product because it's not like this team is loads and loads better than 8-8-1 eight, eight and one team that they had last year. They're just not. In terms of an actual football roster, they're probably about the same. Maybe they're a little bit better. There's intrigue with the quarterback, no doubt. But if they come out and lay an egg week one and lose to the Cardinals, you know, you look at the rest of their schedule, especially the start, it doesn't get any easier. Week two, you go on the road and you're in Denver. And by most accounts, they're looking better and they're going to be much tougher than they were last season. So you can't just expect to roll into Denver and that to be an easy game, and it's never easy when you go play at altitude like that. Week three, you got the Bills at home. That's not easy. Week four, you got the Eagles on the road. If this team doesn't win against the Cardinals in week one, there's a real chance that they could start 0-4, even if they played well week two, week three, and week four. There's a real chance that they could lose all three of those games even if they play decent and maybe even above average, and they could still lose those football games. I mean, they could play super good against Buffalo, and Buffalo is just a better team, and they find a way to win. You know, you got the Bears and the Falcons after that, and the Giants and the Eagles again. You know, they could very well get off to a very poor start and be playing good football. They could start 1-3, and three, and there could be a lot of encouraging signs about this football team, as long as that win comes against the Cardinals, you know. So it's an important win against Arizona because there's so much good energy around this football team right now. And I just feel like if you lose that football game with the sold-out crowd, the standing-room-only tickets, are you selling out Week 3 if you can't win Week 1? Are we just reversing course if things don't go right in Week 1? That's why I think there's so much importance placed on week one for this team. If they win week one, I don't see a reason they are packed again for week three against the Bills. I don't see a reason that people aren't flocking to the stadium. Obviously, there's going to be more Bills fans there than there are Cardinals fans for week one. But I don't see a reason that people aren't trying to pack the stadium again to show support for this football team. But if they lose week one to the Cardinals, you're looking at a bad football team, and I might want to show support, but I might not show support by driving out to Landover to go to the stadium that's still, like we said, is not in the best shape. 
So, in my opinion, and I know this sometimes sounds like coach speak, oh, the next game is the most important one. But it truly is the most important one to me because if you get off the bad foot against Arizona in week one, I think you just let all of that energy that you've just built up over the last couple of weeks, over the last month since Snyder sold, I think you just let all that energy out of the balloon. And maybe you could bring some of that back with some big wins later on in the year, but you just continue to add and add and add to it the little things that go well. You know, if you beat the Cardinals week one, but you lose to the Broncos on the road and you lose to the Bills at home and you lose to the Eagles on the road, as long as it's not just utter embarrassments, I think they could be one and three and you'd still feel the excitement. I really do. But if you lose to the Cardinals week one, a team that you should win against, good luck. I think you just let all the air out of that balloon. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, Eric Edholm from NFL.com, he's going to join us. I want to talk to him about Sam Howell. He covers the NFL draft. I want to see what his thoughts are on what he saw in the preseason compared to what he thought of Sam Howell as a prospect. We'll also go around the NFL with him. Eric Edholm joins us next. Welcome back. Overtime 106.7. The fan, Toby Altizer, with you for another hour and a half here. Get out to the BetQL guest hotline and bring in our guest from NFL.com, Eric Edholm. Eric, how you doing this evening? Doing well. How about you? Doing well and doing well especially because this preseason we've seen some good things from Sam Howell. What were your thoughts on Sam Howell this preseason? Yeah, I thought looked in command. You know, it was a little bit of a slow start in that one game, but then that third drive, he, you know, finished it off the way you you were hoped you hope he would. And you know, I was I'm a draft guy, right? So, yeah. and I liked a lot of of what I saw out of Sam uh, in college. And and I, I get the idea that people didn't think like he progressed in college because he had such a big freshman year. Um, and he had all those weapons, and he seemed to kind of take a step back as a passer when he didn't have those weapons. I thought that was – he was punished too much for that in the draft, in my opinion. I just felt like there was – there were some people who felt like he was a little robotic, but I haven't seen that in his play. You know, in, in the, the Week 18 game last year, the preseason I've seen to this point – or, you know, this year, rather. I You know, I wasn't there in camp, but look, I – I think he's going to be capable. I think he's going to be a not a star, but but a functional quarterback. And look, that's that's pretty good. Do you think he's someone that can keep this job for a while? I don't you know if you say he's not going to be sure. great, as he's probably not a, a franchise quarterback, so to speak. But is he someone that, assuming they do well this year, and they're not sitting in a position to draft one of these top guys next year, that they'd be comfortable rolling with next year? Yeah, it, it, it's always a year-to-year base business for quarterbacks, right? I mean, yeah. I, not always. Obviously, once you get to a certain point and sign a certain contract, but point being, I mean, if you're anything, you know, less than that twenty-five million dollar a year guy, uh, and not in danger of being cut, and or a first or maybe early second round pick or something like that. You know, pedigree tends to to follow guys. Strangely enough, even if experience you know, eventually trumps it. But, you know, Sam's known as a fifth-round guy at this point until he's really proven it, even if it was the first pick, you know, the fifth. And, you know, we've already seen Bailey Zappi kind of fall off and everything. So it's such a crapshoot. But, yes, 
I mean, if he plays well this year, he's got the receivers to do it. We'll see about the offensive line. I think the run game is going to help support him. I believe the defense is going to give him some good field position at times and, and help get the ball in his hands more. So, yeah, why not? But uh, the high pick factor can't be overlooked, especially if next year is the, the kind of big draft that, that some people forecast it could be. Talking with Eric Edholm from NFL.com here on the BetQL Guest Hotline. One tweet that I saw from you a couple of weeks ago, you were talking about Sam Howell's throwing motion looking a little bit different than it had in college. How has he looked compared to what he has in college? Have you seen him progress? I mean, if it's been positive, I'd assume you've seen some good things out of him as a pro compared to what you saw in college. But what do you think you've seen the biggest growth in and what looks different for you from college to the pros? Yeah, I'd probably have to kind of, you know, get the tail of the tape out and do like a split screen to just to make sure I'm not losing my mind. But, you know, it's hard to keep track of all all these guys who go through the ranks. But certain guys just have those kind of distinctive throwing motions that you kind of, you know, as soon as you say the name, you can kind of picture it and how they throw the ball and how they throw it on the move. And, you know, when, the, when they're sitting back in the pocket, shotgun versus under center, some of those things change a little bit. But, yeah, I mean, it just felt like the the motion was a little when I when I said robotic earlier, a lot of scouts felt like you know, he had this kind of rigid throwing motion, not too different really in some ways from Aaron Rodgers in college. Remember he used to throw it right off the ear and it was kind of funny looking. It was that Jeff Tedford thing and you know, Rodgers obviously has gotten to the point where, you know, sidearm whatever. I mean, he can do some some cool angles and and really shape the ball in ways that you know, most quarterbacks can't dream of. Sam's not at that point yet, but I felt like there was a little more, I don't know, fluidity to his motion maybe. And it's probably something I'd have to like, you know, dig a little deeper on, but it was just one of those instant kind of feelings like he's just looking really comfortable throwing the football and it's not as like tightly wound. Interesting. Interesting. I want to look around the NFL with you here, Eric. So, a big move in the division, which kind of shocked me. I was at a high school football game, and I get the notification that the Cowboys are trading for Trey Lance. Of all teams, I would have never guessed the Dallas Cowboys. What are your thoughts on that move? Well, I mean, they clearly like them coming out, right? I think you have to have to think that any team that, that's betting on Trey is, you know, betting as much on the traits that everybody looked at prior to the, 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 the 21 draft or whatever – and not necessarily what we've seen to this point. And it's not all been horrible. It's just that it hasn't progressed. You don't ever get the feeling that Trey, when he got the job to start last year, had won people over at that point, even before the week one loss. It was, look, it was a rainy field, whatever. It just didn't feel like there was this complete confidence that, okay, this is going to work, right? Nobody knew about Brock Purdy. They had to bring back Jimmy Garoppolo after that awkward thing. So <laughs> it's just been this sort of feeling that, boy, he needs time. And it's going to also require, you know, taking some lumps a little bit. And I think Dallas is just saying, look, we've got Dak under contract. We're, we're in good position here. We've, you know, we've got Cooper Rush, who's a okay backup, but probably could upgrade over that they've had undrafted type guys sort of push them in camp at times. And so, you know, I just think it was a smart investment. Fourth round pick though is, is a little, you know, it's a little heftier. Now, obviously that's kind of the cutoff between what you might project someone to be a potential starter. You'd say day one, day two pick. 
anything after day three, you know, day three and beyond, you would assume is projecting as a backup. So that's how I look at it. They're getting a talented kid who can now sit for a couple of years and they decide what to do with him. Maybe he gets a spot start and plays well and they can trade him. I don't know. So I, I just think the Cowboys spot talent well. That's what they've done over the last couple of years. And they have a good staff there. So I mean, I, I think like, they just feel like there's something to invest in. I like the idea of a dart throw. It just seems kind of odd to me for a team with Dak. Maybe there's some uncertainty if he's truly the guy after you know his contract runs out. Are they looking at something where if they can develop Lance and see? My thing is with Trey Lance, like they talk about opportunities and he was blocked in San Francisco or he maybe wasn't yeah. going to get a chance. He's not going to get a chance in Dallas. Dak Prescott's their guy. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, I think it's probably, you know, the, the void year, I think, is for, for Dak's contract, I want to say, is 2025. So, you know, you're thinking this year or next, right? I mean, that's when you have to decide. If I'm a team that is going to eventually walk away from a quarterback, I would love to have his replacement in-house prior to him leaving, if possible. That would be great, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, that's that's the ideal situation. You have your contingency plan there. Like Minnesota, do they have it with Kirk Cousins possibly leaving next year? doesn't seem that way. If you have a high pick, great. Okay, then, you know, like Arizona, if they're going to move on from Murray, great. But I, I understand why you would draw that conclusion, why a lot of people are. My opinion is I think Dak was actually pretty good last year until those picks started kind of piling up. I think he's a good quarterback. Maybe I'm a little too punch drunk uh, on Dak than other people seem to be, but I still think there's a good level of confidence in him, and I think they're going to win some games this year. Talking with Eric Edholm. wrong. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll see. You know what? As Washington fans, we hope you're wrong. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Exactly. Right. You have something to root against me for. Talking with Eric Edholm from NFL.com. You mentioned the Cardinals in there. Is there a real chance that we don't see Kyler Murray this year? Because it seems like to me, if he's going to miss some time, you know, he's going to miss the first four games for sure. If assuming he has to miss some time past that, you're looking at maybe half the season, and they're going to be in a bad spot. You might as well go ahead and tank for the quarterback. Like, yeah. would you sit Kyler the whole year, or would Kyler decide to sit? Both of both options, yeah, are are in play. I think. I mean, and I don't know that the Cardinals would would would. I don't know what their reaction would be. I don't think, it, like you said, it's possible the team could say that, do that, uh, you know, and then we'll work with you and try to, you know, get you in the best place possible via trade. And, you know, there could be an understanding there. Now, there was some real tension between the two sides prior to him signing that deal. When he signed it, it was a little bit of a shock. Like, wow, they got this done pretty quickly after – a couple days earlier, not saying nice things about each other. So it was a very, it felt like an arranged marriage almost. <laughs> I don't know how to explain it, but it was, it was a very awkward partnership there that hasn't gone according to plan. And so, you know, for the, for the health of the athlete, the sake of the betterment of the franchise, maybe that is the best. They got Houston's number one too. I mean, they're, they're sitting pretty no matter what. So they don't have to be the worst team in the league technically, but, wouldn't shock me. <laughs> well, week one, they roll into FedEx Field. It's going to be a packed house. Good luck. They're, yeah. t- they're talking about either Josh Dobbs or Clayton Toon starting week right. one. I mean. And it's it's so tough. Like, so you're going to just throw a fifth rounder out there 
you know, who battled in the preseason. I don't think he played that great, but I watched a lot of them surprisingly. And, um, you know, it's just like it's, it's like he, on the one hand, he's got an opportunity. On the other, he's being fed to the wolves. You know, like, I just don't know if this is a great short-term plan. I think they could have maybe managed this a little smarter. Let's flip over to some college football, talking with Eric Edholm from NFL.com. Since you focus so much on the draft, Everyone's talking about, obviously, the Cardinals being in the conversation, talking about Caleb Williams as a prospect and so many people excited for him. What are you looking for him to take that next step to improve as an NFL prospect? Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, the the biggest sort of knock against him was it's not really a knock. I mean, he got hurt at the end of last year, gutted his way through it, took a ton of sacks, and, and, and I think that showed that he still there's still some stuff where he's a little he wants to hold on to the ball and make plays which you, which you love to see in a playmaker but he also takes some hits too and and so that's a small little thing you want to you want to see tightened up i can still vividly remember the first ball he threw at oklahoma <laughs> i was like watching the game he comes in the crowd's fired up they've already turned on rattler and the first throw was like whoa okay this dude's different and i'm not saying i knew he was going to be the prospect he is today, but he's just got some some wild arm talent, some some terrific athleticism. Look, I I don't know if he's going to be Pat Mahomes. I'm I'm not there yet, but there's a lot to be excited about. There's a lot to be excited about Drake May, you know, and Quinn Ewers could be in line for a big year. Texas has a lot of talent, and there's a lot of you know B B plus B minus quarterback prospects this year too who could end up all right. So I think there's, you know, if you're looking, you're scouting around for quarterback uh, prospects this year, it's not just a two-horse race. There's some other decent options. That's interesting because, you know, for the most part, you've talked about two guys. I would assume those are probably going to be the top two quarterbacks, whatever order. Who do you think can pass Caleb Williams? Is it just Drake May? Can someone pass him? Can Drake May even pass him, assuming Caleb Williams doesn't just fall flat on his face this year? Like, who can end yeah. up being QB1? Who can be in that conversation? Yeah, there's really not that, like, Anthony Richardson-type guy where you say, oh, my God, like, built in a lab, you know, unbelievable physical specimen, all the tools you want. You know, I mean, I think Anthony Richardson had a shot to go number one this year, right? Had it had it worked out a little differently or a different team was picking there or whatever. I don't know that there's quite that guy, but J.J. McCarthy is a good college quarterback, and um, you know, Riley Leonard from Duke, a lot of people like him. And look, if Daniel Jones can go sixth, I, I can see Riley Leonard ending up going pretty high in the draft. You know, I'm not saying they're the same player, but same program, you know, same mentors, that sort of thing. Some overlap in their skill sets. So there are a couple guys who I think have a shot. May is a, he's a fun player to watch too. Still too many mistakes, but it's hard not to see the overlap with like Justin Herbert, that type of a player where you think once he kind of gets unshackled a little bit, he's going to roll. He's going to do just fine. So I I like the talent for next year. Last one talking with Eric Edholm from NFL.com covers the draft for them. Who are some guys that you're watching maybe outside of the quarterback position that you're watching this year that you think maybe could rise up or some of your guys that you're, you're most excited to watch in college football this year. Yeah, the wait's going to have to be a little longer because Mason Smith is suspended uh, for the opener. He's a defensive tackle at uh, LSU, but he's 
tore his ACL against Florida State in the opener last year, and now suspended. He's going to miss that game, but he's a player who just looked twitchy and freaky in a in a kind of a Jalen Carter type of way, where you say, "Whoa, hold on now." I mean, I don't. He's not that quite that dynamic and big, but I, he's a player I'll definitely be watching this year with some, some interest. And um, you know, I mean. I don't know how much better Brock Bowers is going to get, but I'm just fascinated to see where he could end up going in the draft. Is he going to, is he going to be regarded in that kind of Kyle Pittsish way? I don't know. I I'm, he doesn't have those measurables. You know, we're talking about a, a, you know, tight end who's producing at an unbelievable level in college football looks so fluid and natural. You know, we saw Dalton Kincaid go round one. I think he's a first rounder all day, but does he crack the top five or six or eight or ten picks? I don't know. How high is his ceiling? That's a big question for me for the for the non-quarterbacks. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't seem as freakish to me as Kyle Pitts because no. he's just a freak. But, exactly. I mean, we haven't seen the production at the NFL level. I feel like Brock Bowers is maybe a little more pro-ready if that's possible. Yeah, polished, right? Just a smooth guy. And, you know, comes from the football factory of Napa, <laughs> California. I mean, you know, like they grow on, on vines like grapes out there, right? I mean, that's the the coolest part is that this kid is from wine country and, like, nobody knew about him as a recruit, but somehow he ended up at Georgia because, you know, Kirby knows all, right? I mean, he finds <laughs> these guys. So uh, well, and if we that's know, an unusual pull. If we know anything about Georgia, he's probably going to somehow end up on the Eagles. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. They're they're building a uh, alumni wing up in uh, up in Philly up there. It's unbelievable. Eric, appreciate the time this evening. All right, man. Good talking to you. Thank you. There you heard from Eric Edholm from NFL.com. Always great catching up with him. He joined us on the BetQL guest hotline. Sports betting has come to Maryland. Don't place that first bet without checking with BetQL. BetQL analyzes every game to find you the most profitable betting opportunities. Get three free days of BetQL access by downloading the BetQL app or visiting BetQL.com. So I want to talk about the commanders, and I want to talk about some superlatives, kind of like, you know, most likely to succeed stuff you'd see in a yearbook. We're going to do that with the commanders next here on The Fan. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Seven, the fan overtime. School starting up for people around. We're gonna do 
an end of school tradition, the yearbook sort of thing. Commanders superlatives. So we'll start with this because we're kind of up against it. I want to start, though, with the basic one. So Donald and I are going to give our answers and explanations for MVP. Who do you think this season will be the MVP of the Washington Commanders? That's a tough question. Um, I mean, there's a few different routes I can go, and I'll, I'll try to keep it quick here. I feel like it could be Sam Howe if he really steps up and be, you know, is the guy that it, it, we think it could be. Because only because I my well, I say this to say my second was going to be Jahan because I really think he is going to take a step forward this year. But he is so reliant on the quarterback to be good. Sure. So that's kind of where my thought process with that, and then kind of more so on the uh, defensive side. I got I got to look at Jonathan Allen. Okay. You know, I think that that between the two of those, if I had to, I know I'm kind of cheating, but if I'm picking an offense and a defense MVP, those are probably my two guys. Yeah, it's a little bit of cheating, but we'll give you <laughs> we'll give you some grace here to start. I'm gonna just take the easy one because I'm gonna talk more about this guy, the the other guy. I have like two answers, just that way, you know, if you give an answer, I'm not giving the same answer every time. But I'll save the second guy for my defensive player. I'm going to take the easy one. You didn't even mention him. Terry McLaurin. Well, he was on my list for sure, but I, I thought that was a more obvious kind of like I mean, pick. you could take the obvious pick. Okay. I okay. feel like some of these other ones we can get into and have discussions if you want to be like, well, outside of him, blah, blah, blah. But MVP. It's either Terry or John Allen, in my opinion. I think there's another guy I could throw in the conversation. I'm going to save him. But Terry McLaurin. Assuming he can get back on the field pretty quickly, hopefully week one. I mean, I think this guy is a top five wide receiver in the NFL. I think we're going to see Jahan have a breakthrough season. I think he's going to really come into his own this year, but I don't think it's going to take away from Terry. You know, I've seen discussions, you know, maybe Jahan's going to catch more balls than Terry. That's very possible, but it doesn't mean he's going to be more effective than Terry. doesn't mean Terry's not going to be the deeper threat. I think that... One thing you've seen, you haven't seen him get used too, too much in the preseason, but I feel like he can almost slot into that Travis Kelsey role if they want him to, where he just finds the open spot. You know, it doesn't necessarily have to be, here's the idea of the offense. I thought it was cool on Travis Kelsey's podcast they had on Julian Edelman, and they were talking about, you know, route running, and it was basically, just get open, find the spot, get there. And I think that's how the offense for the Chiefs with Travis Kelsey was for a lot of times is he could look at it and say, all right, here's the play. I can't go to this area because it might mess up this person's route. But this area is kind of, there's no one in that area. So if I can just take a couple more yards on my route this way, or I can carry it out a little further this way, where I'm not going to interfere with anyone else, but I'm going to be wide open. I think those sort of things Terry might be able to do. Maybe that's Jahan. I'm not sure who's going to fit into that, but I'm interested to see what Terry can do, but we've already seen what he can do with Scott Turner's offense, and I feel like you're unlocking a new thing when you bring in Eric Bieniemy and a quarterback that can make all the throws. Right, yeah. I guess my only thing with receiver in general being, you know, kind of the MVP is, as I stated before, is just so reliant on oh, yeah. the quarterback play. And I think I was thinking a little bit about Jahan, too. Definitely Terry is the guy, so there's no, there's no denying that. But even the way uh, Dodson has been, you know, raving about Sam and 
We've been hearing a lot of his quotes and stuff in the offseason. I'm just looking at those two. If Sam holds up his end of the bargain, them having a big year together. Yeah, I mean, if Sam comes out and balls out, then undoubtedly he could be someone that I guess you could consider MVP just because of the difficulty of the position and the dependence of everyone on Sam. So I think that's an interesting discussion. We'll get into the rest of them. We got best offensive player, best defensive player, most improved, the best rookie, breakout, role player, underrated. Got plenty of things we'll get into with the commander's superlatives next here on The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.